Welcome to the Best of Home Design Chat with Nancy. I hope you enjoy this pre-recorded show. If you have any questions, you can always email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. If you're remodeling or building a new home, you don't want to miss these podcasts. We share information about every component of your home. You'll learn about tile, appliances, cabinets, paint, flooring, lighting. Yes, we have it all. And today, you're going to learn about plants. This is one of my favorite subjects. And we have Joe Zazera, who is the founder and co-owner of Plant Solutions. Uh, Joe was with us last September, and I can't believe how fast time is flying by, but here we are. Joe, thanks a lot for joining me again. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's always fun to be on your show. Thank you. Well, since you are the plant guru, I'm going to ask you this question that's just going to throw it at you. Did you always enjoy plants? And when you were a little kid, did you have your own little garden? It's so funny you ask that because the answer is no. I, n- I never really thought much about plants as a, as a youngster. I wasn't a gardener. Um, I, I kind of, I actually kind of uh, fell into the business after I was married. I, I had, you know, uh, and my wife at the time um, worked in the plant world and I sort of started taking a liking to plants and, and said, hey, we can, you know, do this for a living. And then we, you know, started the company and have built the company. Um, from there. The only thing I remember, <laughs> and maybe this is timely for today's day and age, but in high school, I had some I had some uh, terracotta pots in my windowsill that I tried to plant marijuana seeds in and oh. grow. <laughs> Good deal. <laughs> and they didn't they didn't grow. So that was my that was my big uh, that was my big failure. There. Well, lucky for you. My one and only my one and only time I tried to grow marijuana. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say lucky for you, because in those days it wasn't uh... Well, it wasn't legal, to put it bluntly. It was not legal. (laughs) Not at all. Okay. Well, today I thought we would talk about two things. The first one being the living wall. So let's start with indoor or outdoors. Can we do it anywhere, or should we stay away from certain areas? What do you think? So uh, that's a really great question. So, uh, so we've been I've been doing uh, living plant walls for I guess about fifteen years now, and when I started doing them. There are many different types of systems. When I started doing them, I made the decision early on that I would not be restricted to one type of system because the technology at the time was so new that um, we didn't know what was going to survive, what was going to survive, and what was going to work. And so we did a lot of experimenting in those days. Um, So since then, however, uh, we have done both interior and exterior walls, and typically on an interior plant wall, it's mostly tropical plants, mostly philodendron, you know, different varieties of philodendrons. And uh, and the reason it, for that is that uh, we don't have a controlled indoor environment, typically, you know, this, you know, conditioned in the 70, 70 degree ranges. And so it works very well. Um, outside, we cannot do uh, uh, tropical plants because of, in Arizona, because of, you know, obviously because of the heat, the direct sunlight and all that. So we tend to use plants that are more conducive to the Arizona exterior environment. We also try to avoid uh, direct western sun when we can, but we've had some very successful walls, uh, both on southern exposures and northern exposures uh, on the exterior. So so the short answer is uh, yes, both, <laughs> uh, but they are kind of two different animals in terms of the plant types and the palette that we can mm-hmm. use. Well, I can see if you have a living wall on the inside, you could probably do some heavy misting, right? 
it would be hard to water. Well, well, so uh, so again, the, the the living the little bit about the living well technology. So the systems that we use the, on the larger scale systems, they're fully integrated, and uh, we have irrigation lines integrated into the system, and and it's sort of a tray system. So if you if you can imagine a um, an angular tray mounted on the wall that you can fill with water. The plant sits in its nursery pot, and and you add uh, water to the tray, and the water the plant waters through capillary action. So that's kind of how that works. But as that tray fills, it cascades out to the next tray below it, and as that tray fills, it cascades out to the next tray below it. So similar um, to a waterfall. So it's it's sort of an internal waterfall, mm -hmm. and uh, and again we have. We use internet-based uh, irrigation timers and internet-based internet um, moisture sensors in the walls so that we know different parts of the wall, whether they're wet or dry, and we can control all the maintenance, the watering maintenance sensor anyway functions remotely. Um, so, so to answer your question about misting, unless it's a small, very small kitchen wall or bathroom wall, we don't do any misting at all just uh, because we can, we're able to deliver the water to the system that it needs. And so we don't have to worry about spring, you know, making it more humid in the plants because the trays actually will, you know, create more humidity with the water that sits in the trays. Well, what about if you have a living wall outside, say as, and you can use living walls as um, dividers between your different areas in your backyard, or just mm -hmm. put it on the front of the, not the back of the house, say on your patio to give it more life. Would you use a garden hose to water that or you have the same system? Well, so again, uh, on the smaller scale systems, we can simply add water to the system, whether a garden hose or a water bucket or whatever we could, for example, if you have a, a tray system that has maybe six levels of, of plants you know, vertically, um, if you add water to the enough water to the top tray, again, it gets manually, it cascades down to each tray till you fill the entire system. So you're able to water it basically from one location in the plant wall and then have the trays fill up accordingly. Mm. Um, I know you so, do yeah. a lot of commercial uh, mm -hmm. Well, commercial living walls and commercial situations. What is the biggest uh, living wall you've ever done? The largest one actually was a was not a commercial, but was a uh, was a residential wall for a home here in Phoenix, and it was about three hundred and eighty square feet, so right around just under four hundred square feet of of living wall in a in an indoor atrium, basically that you know had a skylight above it and and that. Um, so yeah, so that's, uh, that's pretty big for an indoor, for, for residential plant wall. It is, mm -hmm. um, a lot years and years ago, the builders decided to build houses in Arizona with atriums. Some people have left them and they really don't do too much because I go into a lot of homes and some people have continued using it as an atrium. Um, so what you're saying is in this atrium, you, it was wall hung as opposed to just right. having plants on the ground, which is a lot more attractive. Yeah. That would be really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this particular one, they, there was no uh, in-ground planter. It was just sort of a, it actually originally was a patio area, an exposed patio with just sky, you know, just open area above it in the middle of the house. And they, um, they closed it in and made it a, a separate room with, you know, with doors into the room. And more now it's more sort of a meditation room, I guess, uh, for the clients. And, uh, you know, they have this great greenery sort of in the middle of the house and uh, great view and, you know, great, great 
you know, smells of the indoor plants and, you know, humidity is nice and all that. So, yeah. Do you have any flowering plants in there? Because they would smell good. They would add some uh, uh, interesting scents to the area. Yeah. Typically, most, uh, we have a, we have a bit of a struggle with plant walls flowering inside because, uh, because the lighting levels inside are much lower than outside. So we have a hard time, uh, producing and keeping flowers there you know we use uh, indoor a lot we use bromeliads which are you know mostly for color not for smell um so we haven't had a lot of uh, we haven't had not even only a lot of called a, a lot of success using flowering plants in plant walls inside um so okay and i know we talked about this before off air but what if you had a living wall in your kitchen so you can have your you know, salad greens or your different herbs does that work well? So herbs would work well, would, would work okay. I mean, the best way to do that with a, if you had a small, very small plant wall is, again, if you have the herbs in their nursery pots that sit in this plant wall tray, basically you could water them in the wall or you could remove them and water them in your sink and put them back, but you could have them very close by. The key, the key thing you need is light, the lighting though, to, you know, to keep things moving and, and growing. Um, so, so yeah, no, that would, that would work. Well, you know, we, we also, uh, talked a little about, you know, growing lettuce and, uh, and kale and that sort of thing. And, and we, I just don't think indoors, at least in a kitchen, you could produce enough to make a difference, you know, like you could outside in an outdoor garden. Yeah. Well, unless you don't cook a lot and if you did salad once a month, you'd be okay. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Might not be as healthy as you could be, but. (laughs) Well, talking about cooking, I want to bring up Monogram's appliances. They are smart appliances and they're built to enhance your kitchen, cuisine, and beyond. Experience peace of mind, convenience, and an optimized performance with the Smart HQ app, which elevates the way you interact with your home and appliances by allowing you to do things like preheating your oven from your phone and checking how much time remains on your dishwasher cycle. Go to monogram.com to learn more or visit your local showroom to see these appliances in person. You know, I just thought of something. Do you have an app that tells you when to water your living wall? We do. Um, oh, do you so really? We, I was kidding. Yeah, no, we, we absolutely do. We um, we use uh, we use internet based timers, and I have a, I literally have an app on my phone. Actually, two phone two apps on my phone. One uh, one tells me how much how, how wet or dry the plant wall is, and the other gives me the control of turning the the irrigation valves on and off. Um, I always tell the story that a few years ago, before COVID, my wife and I were vacationing in in. <laughs> oh. Um, my wife and I were vacationing um, in Peru, and um, uh, sorry about that. I had a little bit of distraction. That's okay. <laughs> uh, my wife, and I, my, my wife and I were vacationing in Peru, and I had to water a plant wall while we were in our hotel room. And so I thought it was so cool. It's like here I am, all these thousands of miles away, and um, and able to control this plant wall from afar. I knew how wet it was. I knew how that I knew that I could. Um, um, yeah, I, you know, I knew that I could water it from afar, so it was kind of cool. Anyway, so, you so, we, so I do that. Be- so now I, I, we, I have a whole list of, of uh, I have a whole list of 
what plant walls that I very, you know, every morning I look at it and see who, what's dry, what's wet, and I control them from there. Mm. Well, that could be a new service where you tell people, I'll just connect to your living wall. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it as right. you're sitting in your office, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you have any more comments about living walls, like the do's and don'ts? Did you ever say to somebody, I don't think it'd be good for you? You're the kind of person who likes to go shopping and not take care of plants. So it's so I'm glad you bring that up. Actually, there are many times that we're called out to look at projects, living wall projects, and once I uh, once I go in, I look at the lighting, or I look at the conditions, or or if, or if the client is not willing to put in what's needed to make it function properly, you know, I just tell them don't do it because uh, a living wall is designed to make people happy, and there's nothing worse than a, a living wall that's not performing. And is making people unhappy. And 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 uh, and as I said, I started doing this about 15 years ago, and I made the decision then that if I couldn't do it right, if I couldn't make them work, that I just wouldn't do them. And so I've been, you know, I've been moving with the technology and improving, our, you know, the way we do it ever since then. So, so, well, so and your answer, the answer is yes. I I have told many many people don't do this. <laughs> Mm. Um, so I hate to just pin you down on price, but does it go by the square foot or the kind of plants you use? I'm kind of wondering um, what the price points are for living walls. So a highly designed commercial living plant wall is around 200 to $225 a square foot. And so that includes all the design, all the, uh, you know, all the documents, all the construction documents, all the the uh, mechanics, all the infrastructure, all the plants, you know everything. So that's that's sort of turnkey. That's complete. Um, you can do you can do less expensive versions that are hand watered and uh, and are smaller. Once they reach a certain scale, they have to have you know integrated irrigation systems. The smaller scale ones that can be hand watered, um, you can do them for a bit, you know, for less than that. But but typically, I I let people know when people are calling them for pricing. You know, I give them sort of that budget range and that usually it um, a lot of times it just, you know, people because people don't know what they cost. And so no. uh, you don't you shop know, for them every day. You don't shop for them every day. But once you see them and see how they perform, uh, you know, you can't tell. So. so for those people who aren't really into living walls or maybe they don't have the space or they don't really have the time or the budget, their alternative could be potted plants for their patio. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, that's interesting. Of course, in Arizona, we have a totally different growing season than everybody else. If you live in the northeast part, um, you have to worry about the snow covering your plants. We never have to worry about that. We have to worry about our plant, our potted plants getting sunburn or drying out. So let's talk about plants in Arizona, California, versus the Midwest, and then the Northeast. Like uh, Joe said, we don't have any humidity, and so we have a totally different way of um, taking care of our plants. I know I went to Florida one time, and also San Diego's like that. You are drenched in humidity, but the plants are really happy, right? They are. <laughs> Every time I go to San Diego, I think, oh, my gosh, if we could only do this in Arizona, we would have so many, you know, we'd have so many more options for, for outside. The thing I would say about patio plants here, um, it, it depends on how, 
you know, it depends how you're gonna, usually when we work with builders, for example, if they're going to do patio plants or outside plants, we help them specify irrigation that you know, irrigation and drainage that goes in before the concrete is poured, so that the plants don't have to have saucers and they have, so they don't have the proper drainage and that sort of thing, which is really important. A lot of times, what happens outdoors, you you know, you put a plant in a saucer and. And the saucer, if you don't do the you know the proper drainage and irrigation, the saucer fills with water, then the water evaporates and the saucer starts looking crappy. Or there's no, no saucer and then it stains the concrete and or there's you know water all over. So we you know we kind of caution people, you know, think ahead. If you want to have patio plants on a new home and you're building the home, think about where all those things could go in. Um, so having said that, the, the, we have done plenty of homes where we add the plants and the pots on the patio after that, and then they typically then they're hand watered, either through a service or the uh, or the landscape uh, contractor will will maintain those. Um, in terms of plant palette, you know, it's a little bit more restrictive than any other parts of the country for obvious reasons. Humidity being one of them, and, and heat is another one. So. Um, because typically it gets so warm here that it, it, it you know, it, the, the roots will boil. You, you know, you water your plant and there's water in the, in this big concrete planter and the, you know, it heats up, it, it, cook, it kind of cooks the plants. So it's very important to, uh, you know, your plant selection and plant location and, and plant and planter even um, for your patios. So let's talk about the smaller plants, the people who are saying, oh, I just went to the store and I got this cute little plant like I just did. I tell you, I, I bought a little pot with a strawberry plant in it. Very small, not huge. Now, from experience, I know that the Western sun will cook everything, including people. So we stay away from the Western sun, and that's in the afternoon sun. Morning sun is less intense and so should we put all our plants out in the morning sun when it says little sun or this is a shade plant can you give it a little sun or do you have to put it in the shade otherwise it'll burn well first of all i'm not a big advocate of bringing indoor plants outside ever um oh no i, I was talking about shock. outdoor plants okay so, yeah. okay um i think that Morning sun is probably best. It's probably less intense, but it can also be very intense, particularly if it's, you know, if there's light reflecting off a window or, or you know, uh, or there's heat buildup, you know, around the plant. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, so the plants, you know, outside will be fine. Um, yeah. Um, so, okay, so then I noticed that some plants need more water than other plants. How do we know that we're overwatering them? Um, again, it depends on the plant type. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I will tell you, and I think I've said this in the last podcast, that the number one plant killer is overwatering. Um, and uh, and uh, I think and roots need to develop. Root, roots are very smart. So when the plant dries out, the roots say to themselves, well, we're going to get water. So they start look, going looking for water. And and, and as they're going look, looking for water, they develop and the plant develops, and you can tell that in the, in the health of the plant. So I know you, this, oh, I'm sorry. I, another question. Mm -hmm. I know this goes for indoor plants as well as outdoor plants. When you repot or when you get a new plant, you shouldn't make the pot too big. Now, this is what I was told. The roots start developing. All the nutrients go to the roots, but if you get a smaller pot then the nutrients go to the foliage. And so then it would, your plant would get bigger. True or not true? 
Well, I haven't heard it exactly in those terms, but let me think about this a minute. So the, the roots are going to take up nutrients no matter what. Um, and, and if they are sitting in too much water, if they don't have, if they don't develop, they don't have to look for water. They're going to be saturated and they're going to rot. And then once the bacteria starts, it's going to kill the plant. So I typically like plants to be very root bound, um, because the more root bound they are, the less uh, opportunity for bacteria to build up in soil media there is. Um, so most people think, oh, you know, this is so rebound, I need to repot it. And I guess that's, that's fine to a point, but I, but again, I, I would rather, I would almost rather not have soil at all, which, you know, you can't do if you're going to, because gravity works against us. Right. Um, but I, I think that oftentimes too, too small a root system and too big a root ball can be detrimental to the plant. Mm. So. What do you suggest or what are the pros and cons on different kinds of pots, plastic, um, terracotta, um, what else is there? Cement? Well, there's fiberglass, there's fibercrete, there's concrete, there's, you know, plastic, there's, uh, you know, ceramic, there's, you know, uh, there's almost any kind of material, metal, almost any time you uh, Do I have a preference? I think it's more about a, a design preference uh, to fit the decor. Because um, we can... You know, we, you can work with any type of planter. Some would have to be lined if they're outside. Like a metal planter, you'd have to line it with, um, you know, with some sort of insulator, you know, to keep the roots from cooking um, before you planted it. Uh, yeah. Inside, we, we use a double potting technique where we just place the nursery pot inside the planter. Mm-hmm. And then we use staging material between the, the planter and the nursery planter. And then we use a ground cover. Um, but outside, of course, you have to, you know, you can, uh, you know, direct plant them. But do I have a preference? Mm, I mean, I, I, I'm more of a contemporary guy. I mean, I really do like uh, metal planters, fiberglass planters, mostly in shape, you know, shapes, you know, rectangulars, cubes, squares, talls, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, we've seen a lot of the Asian ceramics over the, you know, last 10 or 15 years. I think that there's, they're not, they work, they're nice and that, but there's so much. For me personally, there's so many of them out there. It's not, it just doesn't catch my eye as much anymore. Yeah. Times have changed. I used to plant a lot in terracotta pots. And then when the outside got kind of moldy and kind of green, I thought, oh, I got to keep washing them. And then I read an article that said, let your plants age like this with the mold and with all this Mm -hmm. other stuff. It looks earthy. So times have changed, whatever you like. I think it's whatever that fits into your decor, whatever makes you happy, do it. Right. Let me tell you, let me tell you a quick story about terracotta pots. And, and we had a client one time, this is many years ago now, who wanted that age look in their terracotta pots. So we figured out an aging system that we could quickly age them new ones to make them look old and got to charge more money for them. (laughs) So so who knows? I mean, I do, I I do agree with you. I like the more earthy looking, you know, aged kind of, uh, you know, planters too. Let's talk about trees and pots on your patio. What do you think? Pros and cons, which are better than others. So, um, Potted trees are fine. I mean, if they're on your patio, you're going to have some height limitations, probably if it's a typical patio, unless it's a really tall ceiling. But but we do um, 
a lot of ficus nidditas, which work very well in Arizona. They, you know, they, they're very green, they're very lush, they're very full. Um, so those, so that particular plant works a lot, and we we use it, you know, probably more than any other tree for patios of ficus nidditas. But yeah, trees. I know in Arizona we have a lot of citrus trees. Do they grow well in pots? I haven't had that great luck with them. I mean, we we have clients that insist on having them at their restaurants on their patios, and it seems like we just have not had that great luck in you know in keeping them uh, growing and keeping them you know thriving. And our famous pots in Arizona with cactus. How does that work? Works great. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. They, they, uh, yeah. There's, uh, you know, uh, the Pruvianus, Cirrus Pruvianus works very good. The totem pole cactus work very good. Um, uh, any of the Cirrus family work work very well because they'll go very dry. Another another plant that we like outside a lot is the Portulacaria or elephant's food plant. Um, it is a succulent, but it's a very hardy, it's a very tough succulent um, uh, that holds up well in the Arizona sun. In fact, we use it a lot in our in the plant walls, uh, the Portugal carrier, both, both variegated and the green. So in Arizona, if we have uh, succulents in pots outside, do you give them a little tiny water every so often? Do they have to be in a special soil? Well, they like to drain. They like to be. They like to be in a draining, or, you know, soil that drains well. Um, and I, I, when we say succulents, you have to be careful because if you're talking about the Southern California succulents that come out of San Diego, they will just melt in Arizona in the summertime. Um, so you have to be cautious. But you know, some of the aloes and uh, and that will work very. You know, what very about well the jade here. plants? I like they the jade plants. Uh, mm-hmm. They they are the jade. In fact, the portulacaria is probably the most similar to a jade plant, but but a tropical jade plant will not handle the direct sunlight here. Again, it will it will melt. But if you have it on a patio, a shaded patio, uh, it'll it'll do fairly well on the heat and uh, it's a good plant, good looking plant too. Well, I think we've covered just about everything. Um, do you have any last comments? I can't wait to go outside and and look at my strawberry plants. <laughs> Yeah. I do. I have little yeah. tiny strawberries in them. They're so cute. Yeah. And you got to grow those vertically. No, no, they're just, <laughs> they're sick. Matter of fact, I move them around. Yeah. I'll just say, would you like some yeah. morning sun? Up, oh, not too much. And then in not too the much. afternoon, burn, I put yeah. them in the shade. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes I make the mistake I, of forgetting them out there and they get sunburn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I would just say in closing that, you know, there, there's a lot you can do and a lot you can't do. And, uh, um, but if you're very thoughtful about the plant selection and where you're placing the plants, um, you know, it, 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 it should be much easier. I mean, just, you know, uh, there's a lot of information out there. Some of it is, uh, you know, some of it, some of it is good. Some is bad. You just have to sort through it. Yeah. You know, you said about uh, plant placement and I was going to bring this up when we were talking about cactus. Um, be real careful with the cactus in the pots because if you have little kids and you decide to go with something with a lot of thorns and somebody mm-hmm. falls back into it, that's not feeling real good. Uh, I yeah. know that swarrows look really cute to people who visit Arizona and they think, oh, this is really nice. But don't ever turn fast and swing your arm into a cactus. <laughs> nope, you'll know it. Yeah, yeah, I fell into a, an acotillo one time. It was not fun. It was not potted. It was out in the desert. But um, 
I love plants and I hope everybody who listen to this podcast is enjoying this and gets a lot of information. If you're a plant person, if you're not a plant person, you can get the artificial plants. Did I say that, Joe? Oh, I said that. <laughs> hey, I want to talk That's about, right. I, I need to talk about Studio 41. They have showrooms in Illinois mainly. They've got 13 and they've got one in Scottsdale. When you walk into uh, Studio 41 showrooms, you're wowed because they have such a selection. They sell everything from bath fixtures to cabinetry, and they have the largest selection of cabinet hardware I have ever seen. Actually, I've said this many times. I use Studio 41 as my source when I'm designing, and yes, I still design, and I have several projects going on, and they all have Studio 41 products. I love them. They have a great team behind their products, so if you ever have any questions, they're there to help. Visit them at shopstudio41.com. And I might add that they will mail, they will ship things to you. And since they only have locations in Illinois and one in Scottsdale, if you live in California or if you live in Canada, you can shop on their website and they'll uh, ship it to you. So that's not a problem. Joe, I had a lot of fun doing this. I love plants, like I said it's before. It's so fun, yeah. I could yeah, be I'm so fortunate to be in, in, in you know, in this business is, you know, we bring very rarely do this. I say, oh, I hate plants. You know, we walk in, we come into projects, we come into jobs and it just makes people happy. It just makes people thrive just to be connected with nature. And, you know, and, uh, and that's, you know, that's my goal is just to reconnect others, you know, with the natural world. And, yeah. Um, well, and we so missed... it's just really fun to be able to do this. We, we have one more subject. I was just going to say, walking into a room with no plants, you know immediately that there's something missing. And so we were talking before about the healthy air and what plants bring. You want to just uh, talk about that? Well, so so there is science. I mean, uh, the, you know, NASA did some uh, scientific studies with chambers that, that, that you know, determined that you know, live indoor plants remove toxins, uh, harmful toxins from the indoor air. Um, and of course, there's always the benefit of oxygen production, you know, from plants that help people, uh, you know, you know, you know, improve the air. But the, but, but the bigger push today is really about, the, you know, the biophilic design connection to like our, our innate need to be connected with other living things mm -hmm. and so in the design world biophilia is you know if you do you do any kind of google search on it it's it's everywhere and uh, and and we provide the plant portion of it i mean it, it biophilic design can uh, contains a lot of a lot of different things uh, not just nature connections but um but science has proven that you know there's we have an innate need to be connected with other living things and that by bringing plants indoors and bringing other living things uh around that it improves our health and our well-being and, and our happiness and in, in the commercial world, it reduces absenteeism and uh, improves performance and, and, and all those things have been researched and documented. Um, and so it's kind of an easy topic to talk about because um, since it is innate, it's there already with people. When you start talking about it, people just light up. And, and when you start, when we start bringing plants indoors, people just, you know, start to begin to thrive and improve. And when you um, when you see what the commercial employers are doing now to not only attract talent, get talent, and keep talent, uh, they're, they're relying very heavily on biophilic design. So, so we're just ha very happy to be uh, you know a part of that. And, and our business certainly has 
is really thriving because of that, because of the need for, you know, for all those things. So, Good. Um, yeah. yeah, for those who are listening to this and you can't see where Joe is sitting behind him is beautiful Dracaenas, which are very graceful plants. They come in different levels. I don't know how you would describe it other than that or showing a picture, which we can't do. Mm-hmm. But it seems that no matter what design, living room, bedroom, even kids rooms, without a plant, the, it seems empty. Um, you have to add personality and just the connection with nature by having a plant in each room or several plants. So I agree with you totally. I want to thank you so much again for taking your time to do this. I hope everybody enjoyed today's show. And please subscribe on the platform that you're using to listen to these podcasts. And don't forget to share them with your friends, especially if you have friends who kill plants. They need some help, right? If you want to learn more about me, go to nancyhugo.com. And if you have any plant questions for Joe, all you have to do is email me, nancy at nancyhugo, and I'll pass it on to Joe. So, Joe, thanks a lot. Have a great rest of the week and stay safe. Everybody enjoy. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I do too. I appreciate you being here. Bye, Joe. I know.